You're listening to episode 171 of the Marathon Running Podcast. In this podcast, we're going to talk all about intervals. This is the Marathon Running Podcast by Letty and Ryan from We Got The Runs. Join us in our running community for weekly content that is motivational, educational, and inspirational, and let the Marathon Running Podcast take you from the starting line to the finish line and beyond. Hey runners, and welcome to episode 171. My name is Letty. My name is Ryan. And we are here, just like every week, to talk to you about all things running. So what are we talking about today? So today we are going to talk about intervals. It's a training episode, learning how to train, huh? Yes, those seem to be our listeners' favorites, although our listeners' feedback says that they also like inspirational episodes and nutrition. So I'm going to... Spread them out, hopefully. Yes, that's a good idea. We try to keep it... Relevant? Interesting? We try to keep it interesting by bringing on different types of episodes, but yes, absolutely. And if you've been a listener for a long time, I would love to hear from you guys, get some feedback on what type of episodes are your favorite types of episodes. So Letty's struggling a little bit today because because she had to have dental stuff done. Yes, I had dental surgery with sutures and everything, so my mind is not quite there, so this intro is going to be a rather quick one, I think. So you're bearing through the pain to give people their podcast. That was pretty nice. You're right, Ryan. We haven't missed an episode since the onset of this podcast four years ago, so I want to keep that streak going. Yeah, so I think it's um admirable that you can do that many episodes in a row. I mean, I guess I've helped a little bit, but you do most of the work. And I think uh the biggest part of having this stuff done to your teeth is that they told you you couldn't run for a little while, right? Yes. So after getting those sutures, I was told that I could not run for 48 to 72 hours. So in my head, I was like, okay, I'm going to skip one day. And then instead of doing a hard run, I'm going to do an easy run because the whole point, you always have to ask why, right? The whole point of not running is because you don't want to put too much pressure on those sutures and have whatever come out of there, which is gross TMI. But so I'm figuring an easy run where my heart rate doesn't get too elevated is something that's definitely doable. We're in the middle of a training cycle for Chicago Marathon. So we got to have our priorities straight. In typical lady fashion, like when you broke your foot or ankle and I said, give it six weeks and you're like, okay, four weeks and I'm running. (laughs) Just don't check Strava, Ryan. (laughs) And despite talking about running every week and running all the time, you still love to run. It's an addiction. And, you know, I figured out what works best for me, which is kind of ramping up the mileage and putting a few weeks of high mileage in before the marathon, like a consistent six weeks of high mileage. And we're right there. So I've been running all week. Can't stop now. (laughs) How long is it to Chicago? So Chicago is October 8th, and today recording, we are August 25th, so we're about six weeks away. Yeah, it's pretty close. Yeah. So double runs it is from now on. Do whatever works for you. (laughs) So in the spirit of training, what did you talk about today? So I spoke with Chris Knighton from Knighton Runs, and he, as you guys know, is a run coach, and we jumped into intervals. Specifically, we talked about what intervals are, what type of intervals there are, and how you use those intervals, particularly in a marathon training cycle. So basically, just what type of intervals you use as you get closer to your marathon and what's helpful to you, etc. Nice. Sounds like important stuff to know. 
Absolutely. So without any further ado, we're now going to hear from Chris Knighton. All right. So I'm back with Chris Knighton. Chris, thank you so much for joining us again. Hey, Wadi. Thanks for having me back. I'm always excited to be on your show. Absolutely. So Chris is a run coach who's been coaching for a while now. He is the head coach of Night and Runs, which is also his company. And for that reason, we wanted to consult with him because he's an expert on anything marathoning. And today we are talking about interval training. So let me back up a little bit for our runners. Maybe you can define for us what interval training is and then kind of go into the difference that you will see in your marathon just in general when you start implementing intervals in your training. Sure. So intervals is a very broad term and there's no one distinct definition for what it is, but the gist of it is is performing types of workouts where you're going to vary your pace throughout the course of the workout. You're going to alternate between running fast for a certain period of time or perhaps for a certain distance. And then you're going to take a, a break, which is either going to be a standing break, a walking break, maybe a jog, or maybe in some cases, actually a, still a quick run, but slower than you were running in the faster portion of your interval workout. The reason why we include it into our running training is because putting variety into the type of running that you're doing is one of the most powerful ways to improve as a runner. Two of the most important levers you can kind of pull when it comes to leveling up your training, one is just simply running more. It's running more mileage, but two is putting in the correct balance of intensity versus comfortable running in your training, aka variety, not doing the same thing every day. And intervals is a huge part of how we accomplish that as athletes. That's perfect. And that's very interesting. So two ways of improving is the volume. And I'm assuming maybe you can tell us why does the volume make runners faster as well as intervals? Yeah, I mean the the gist of it is um so the my the premise is the more you run the better of a runner you're going to be. The reason why is because our bodies just become more efficient at running the more that we do it. We biomechanically run with more efficient running form. Um you know, we, we build that muscle memory of how to spend the least amount of energy as possible to carry ourselves over distance. Our body slowly gets stronger over time. Our bones get stronger, our tendons, our muscles, you know, um, aerobically, we become in a much, much better shape by simply spending more time exercising. And, you know, over time, it really transforms your body from the inside out, you know, as well as external changes that you'll, you'll see where you just become a fitter and, and faster athlete simply from running more regardless of the intensity. Um, but then intervals, you know, varying up the types of running that you're doing and the intensities that, um, has a huge effect as well. Um, we, we can get into that. Yeah, let's do that. So let's talk about what types of intervals there are. What intervals do we in the running community call short intervals versus long intervals and what their purpose are? Yeah. So, I mean, at a high level, you could define any type of speed workout as interval training. And there's really two, I would say there's two main types that runners typically do. One 
so I guess they go by different names. So I'll, I'll try to be queer with this. But for anyone listening, you know, the terminology I use might be a little different from what you hear from other coaches. But generally, there's, I would say three types. Let's say there's three types of intervals. And the difference is how fast they are. And they're going to, they're going to prioritize a specific element of your your training, what you're trying to improve by doing that type of workout. So the three types of workouts, I'm going to reference uh, the coach Jack Daniels, who popularized these three methods and this terminology. So the fastest type of interval workout would be called uh, repetition and or, or rep workout. And this is typically the fastest type of running that maybe a marathoner or a road racer would do. This is very short intervals, things like 200 meters or 400 meters for, for most athletes on a track. If you were doing this off of a track, it might be 30 seconds uphill or minutes uphill or, or even just on a bike path back and forth, that kind of thing. Um, but short, like 30 seconds, minute, maybe up to two minutes. And this is going to be fast. This is going to be about 90% of your effort level, maybe about the pace that you could run in a one mile race if you're going all out for one mile. This type of workout is, is really about developing your efficiency as a runner, your, your biomechanical efficiency, making it comfortable to run fast and teaching your body how to, how to run fast, go through a wide range of movement and run with really good running form as you do so. Um, this isn't really about building endurance, these types of workouts for, for marathoners. It's so much faster than any kind of race pace you would do. And the, the duration of these intervals is so short, but, you know, say you go to a track and you do something like, um, six to, to 10 by 400 meters and you give yourself a good lengthy recovery in between. And it's really, really fast. That's going to make any road race pace you do feel way slower. Um, and it's going to help improve your running form and efficiency when it comes to doing that kind of road race paced intensity. So that's one style. So the next one would be called the coach Jack Daniels, who popularized these three styles, he would call this interval training. Um, this is also referred to as VO2 max style training. This is paces that for most folks falls around your 5k race pace. For some people, it's a little faster. If you're, if you know what your 3k race pace is, it's about two miles for some folks, it's as fast as that, but this is pretty fast. I mean, this is for most road runners. 5k is the shortest race that they, they would commonly do. And this is, um, you know, pretty, pretty intense. I would say maybe about 80 to 85% of your effort level. And these intervals would be a little bit longer. These intervals you would do maybe between one to five minutes in length, whereas the, the repetitions were only like 30 seconds to two minutes. So these slightly slower VO2 max or interval 5k pace type workouts. These are more like one to five minutes in length. And you would take rather than a full recovery, like you take for the, the faster repetition workout I was talking about before, you would take a shorter recovery on these. Um, 
the goal with this style of a workout is really to elevate your heart rate close to its maximum and keep it there for an extended period of time. Um, anyone who's ever, you know, run a 5k all out knows it's really, really hard. Um, and it's hard to maintain 5k pace for very long. I mean, a, a five minute interval at 5k pace for, for someone, let's say running a 25 minute 5k or, or faster is incredibly hard. Um, so this is going to get you like maximum heart rate. It's going to really give a huge boost to your, your aerobic fitness in a way that simply running easy mileage, um, you know, doesn't necessarily like this is like a quick hit to boost your, your aerobic fitness. Um, and it's going to help improve your running efficiency and, uh, your speed as well, because it's so much faster than most road race distances. Unless you're focusing on the 5k as your main event, 5k pace is really going to be good, really good speed work for, for, you know, half marathoners and marathoners. Um, this is maybe one of the hardest interval workouts to do. You know, typically you would take, you would do something like, let's say, uh, maybe six times 800 meters with like a 400 meter recovery jog. And that recovery jog would, would be less time than it took you to do the 800 meters fast. Um, and these can all be scaled. The length of these workouts are, all need to be scaled to you as an individual. So, you know, a newer runner would do shorter than a more experienced runner who would do longer, but the intent is the same regardless of, of your ability and experience. So, so that would be VO2 max style intervals. Perfect. And so what is the third type of, um, interval called? So now the third type of interval is these are more like tempo intervals or, or lactate threshold intervals. When people talk about tempo running, there's many different types of tempo runs, but you can think of tempo intervals as sort of the slowest type of interval that you might want to do. So um, like all these running terms, there's many different definitions. When people refer to tempo, it kind of depends on who's saying it and what the coach means when they're talking about it. But um, tempo intervals, as I'm going to talk about them today, sometimes you'll hear these referred to as cruise intervals as well. It's kind of the same. It's all the same thing, just different terminology. This is intervals, just like the faster repetitions and the faster VO2 max style intervals I was talking about. This is also shorter intervals that are broken up with periods of rest, but the pace is, is notched back a bit slower on these as well. So your pace, your intensity on this one is really going to be more like seven out of 10 effort level. And that might correspond to for a faster runner, maybe their 10 K pace for, um, you know, a slightly slower runner, it might correlate more to their half marathon pace, but somewhere in that range is what you're going to refer to as, as your tempo pace and your, or maybe your threshold pace. It's the same thing it's going to feel like a seven out of 10% efficiency or seven out of 10, um, intensity. And it's 
this type of running is challenging, but it's not hard. So if, if we think of the three different types of intervals, we have the short, fast reps, one to two minutes. Those are fast. They're very fast, but they're so short. They're not particularly hard. It's just short and fast. And then you have the middle ones, which are the VO2 max or the 5K pace or the, the inter- traditional intervals. These are like two to five minutes. And these are definitely hard. These are probably the hardest. Um, two to five minutes is long enough to be hard, but it's also fast. And then you have the tempo intervals or the lactate threshold intervals or the cruise intervals, depending on who's finding them. These are longer and challenging, but they're not necessarily that hard. The reason why you want to do these, these uh, tempo intervals, this is actually one of the best workouts there is. I, most runners, when they start to do workouts, start to implement them into their training plan. You know, I would say they should be doing this style, this tempo interval workout, probably once per week. It's probably for for most road runners the most important, most valuable workout to do. These are going to be slightly longer intervals. Generally, these are going to be anywhere from three minutes all the way up to fifteen minutes. And many different varieties in between. I mean, you could think of it in terms of miles. You could do half mile repeats, one mile repeats. You could do up to two mile repeats. Um, very fast runners might even do three mile repeats at, at this pace. Um, but again, it's kind of at a seven out of 10 effort level. It's challenging. It's borderline hard, but it's not super hard. But um, what this style of workout does is it gets you it gets you a lot more comfortable at running fast for longer periods of time. And for most of the people listening to this, you're primarily focusing on the half marathon and marathon would be my guess. This is a speed workout for those races because it is faster than half marathon and marathon pace. And you're running the intervals for for a good chunk of time. Um, I'm I'm actually going to go do one of these later today, and I'm going to do eight by a kilometer um, with a 200-meter rest. So that's uh, eight kilometers. That's about five miles. So I'm going to get five miles of running in, broken up with short bits of rest in between. And that's all going to be around like my 10K to half marathon pace. Um, so this is a great speed workout, built a lot of endurance. It builds kind of the, the mental strength to run fast for a long period of time as well. But you get these short little breaks in between, which are mentally nice. You can kind of break it up, um, gives you a chance to recover if you had perhaps started too fast. And um, by taking short little breaks, you can actually do more in in a single workout. So I just mentioned I'm going to go do five miles of tempo running today. Uh, That's going to be a lot easier because it's broken up every kilometer. I get a short little break. That's going to be a lot easier than just trying to go run five fast miles. Uh, There's a time and place for doing a steady five fast miles as well, but um, it's much more sustainable and you can do more volume if you're, you're breaking it up with these shorter intervals. Um, So 
I guess at a high level, and hopefully the listeners are kind of following me because I know it's a little confusing. Those are the three main types of workouts you have. You got the fast repetitions, the hard kind of middle length intervals, and then you have the challenging, um, still fast, but slightly slower tempo intervals. Okay, perfect. So we have defined those three intervals, and then we're going to talk about how you implement them in a training plan would say you have 12 weeks left Mm -hmm. in a marathon. But before we do that, maybe you can tell us also what else a runner is expected to be doing in a week, because we hear about the 80-20 rule of 80% easy, 20% harder, etc. And then if we Think about implementing intervals. Maybe tell us what other runs a runner will be doing in a week. And then we talk about how to additionally put these into your plan. Yeah. So the most common training mistake that serious runners make or you know, people when they're getting serious about running make is doing all of their running at kind of the same intensity. And it tends to be sort of this moderate, hardish intensity. You know, as a, as a coach, I've worked with um, over 100 athletes one-on-one at this point, and I see this all the time. It's the most common thing. People come to me, they do all their runs, kind of the same hardish intensity. There's not a lot of variety. One of the best things you can do to help someone improve is put that variety into their training. And the 80-20 principle is a great place to start when it comes to how to put variety into your training. And basically what this means is rather than doing literally all of your runs, the same, the kind of same, like moderate hard, which is what most new runners do. You instead transition so that roughly 80% of your runs are very, very easy. Usually this is much easier than people expect, but then what that allows you to do is run 20% 20% of your, your mileage, roughly, significantly harder. So the way that this typically takes shape for, for runners is let's say you're going to aim to run five days or six days per week. Um, you can do this on four days per week as well, but I like I typically like to get people to run about five um, if they're doing less than that. You're going to have two days that will be faster. And then you're going to have three or four days that are easy. And you'll space out the two harder days so that there's a a gap in between them of of one or two or three days. So you're not going to do two hard days back to back, but it'll be alternating between easy, hard, easy, hard, easy, and so on. And the way that you get to that 20% of harder running is you pick the types of intervals that you want to put in. So what type of workout you do when is, you know, kind of an art and a science that that coaches figure out. And, you know, when you look at different training plans or you speak to different coaches, they'll have different opinions on what the type of best type of workout to do at different stages in your training are. But you know, if we if we look at the three different types of intervals that I just described, um, you would pick two of those that you want to do any given week and plug them in. So maybe something I often do is I'll make Tuesday be the fastest run of the week. I'll make Thursday or Friday be 
another workout, but slightly slower. And then the rest of the days will be very easy. So maybe that Tuesday, you would do either a um, short and fast repetition workout. Again, this was the, the 200 meters or 400 meters at mile pace. You, maybe you would do that on Tuesday. Or maybe you would do one of these harder VO2 max workouts, more like the 5K pace, something like four to six by 800 meters at 5K pace. You could do that on Tuesday. That would be your fastest workout of the week. And then generally on Thursday or Friday for my runners, I will give them one of those tempo interval workouts that I was just talking about. Um, and the tempo workouts, there's a lot of different ways to do it because the intensity of the tempo workouts is so much less. It is possible to do pretty long intervals. So, you know, sometimes the workout just takes the shape of a 20 minute tempo run or for a new runner, a 10 minute tempo run. It's just 30 minute run, warm up for 10 minutes, run seven out of 10 effort for 10 minutes, cool down for 10 minutes. Um, that could be their tempo run or it could be broken up. Like I said, I'm doing later today, I'm going to do eight by a K at tempo with about a 200 meter jog in between many, many different ways to do it. Um, but this is how you fill in that 20% uh, to get to the 80, 20 rule. And, you know, there's a big question of how long your workout should be. And this is something that really it's, it's, I think helpful to defer to a training plan or defer to a coach when figuring out how long your workouts should be. There is a, a math and a science to it, uh, sort of an art as well. Um, you know, but at a high level, something you could kind of think about is if you're trying to get roughly 20% of your mileage to be hard, let's let's just make it simple. Let's say you're running 30 miles per week. 20% of 30 is six. So maybe you do three miles of tempo running one day three miles of uh, faster interval uh, 5k pace or faster mile pace on another day. So three plus three, that gets you to six, six out of um, 30 is 20%. So six out of 30 is hard. Then you would have 24 miles the rest of the week, which are just very slow, very easy, very comfortable. And that 24 out of 30 is going to allow you to recover between these hard efforts so that you can show up to your next hard effort well rested and ready to give you know your best at it by the time you get there um, and getting this balance right is what keeps keeps athletes healthy and injury free long term too which is which is really important perfect yeah i was just going to add that 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 whole recipe helps you be able to recover and stay injury free while you're still performing to your best so that's awesome so, all right. So say we have 12 weeks left before a marathon. And now we're talking about having athletes pick their workouts. And obviously every athlete is different. So I know it's hard to give a blanket statement, but just from a logical perspective, 
when you're training for a marathon and you said earlier in the beginning that when you are starting these intervals, you probably would do shorter intervals more, not because they're better necessarily for you, but they get you used to it. So once a person is trained to, you know, they have pretty good base training under their belt and they're ready to do some workouts. How do you recommend the length of certain intervals over the preceding weeks before the marathon? Yeah. So I write about this concept called the six phases of marathon training where you move through them. And we actually recorded an episode here on your podcast, Lottie, about this that listeners can go back to. Each phase of training, you're going to emphasize a different aspect of your fitness. And this is going to help determine which workout type you do. So, so the six phases I have my athletes work through is base training, where it really is just easy running. You're getting ready to run fast, but you're not running fast yet. The next phase is the speed development phase. And this is where you would begin to do workouts. Uh, the third phase is race specific training. Uh, and then you start to taper. That's the next phase. Then you have your race day performance, and then you have your recovery period. And then you would restart this cycle every time you're training for a marathon. The way that the types of workouts I assign progress during this these phases of training is you start off by doing your shorter and faster intervals first when you're the furthest away from your marathon. And then as you get closer and closer to your marathon, your intervals get longer and slower so that they are more specific to what the marathon event is like. So it's typically, let's say, um, I, I usually think in 18 weeks for a marathon training program, I might give someone five weeks of easy running, base building with no speed. And then I would have them do about four weeks of VO2 max style workouts. So this is that 5K pace interval. These are the two to five minutes. They're shorter and fast. This is going to help them get as fast as possible while they're still good ways away from their marathon. And then for the the final, the second half of marathon training, maybe about eight weeks of marathon training before you start to taper, I would have athletes transition to marathon-specific workouts. So this is going to be more of those tempo intervals I was talking about before. So longer, slower, but still faster than marathon pace. Um, if you were training for an event other than the marathon, you may take a different approach to how you handle this. Um, but I generally think if you're training for a marathon, you really want to get as fast as you can first by doing your shorter and faster VO2 max style workouts early, get them out of the way early. And then in the final eight weeks, two months or so before your marathon, really focus in on those longer tempo marathon specific kind of workouts. The reason why I do that ultimately for the marathon is because the marathon is primarily a test of endurance. You really need to condition your body and mind to be able to run for a fast pace for an incredibly long time, you know, hours. <laughs> uh, so while speed is important when marathon training, the most important thing is endurance at quicker paces. So, um, that's why we focus on these longer, you know, challenging, um, but, but, but still quite fast tempo intervals in the final two months or so before a marathon. 
Okay, perfect. And I guess my last question to you today is, let's talk about race week. I know there are a lot of coaches. I know we know about tapering, or I guess we'll know more. We'll bring you on again and talk about the specifics, maybe mm -hmm. perhaps a little bit more. But mm -hmm. when it comes to race week, I know that some coaches have runners do a few more intervals, or I guess the Tuesday before your Sunday race, it's a big interval day. Um, maybe tell us about the purpose of that. And then also, I have recently read that a lot of coaches are also giving their runners more specific shakeout runs for the Saturday runs, where instead of just going those three miles super easy, they have them do other things and that they say that there is an increase in performance shown. Can you tell us about those two things? Sure. So... It roughly takes about 10 days for our body to internalize the benefits of any workout. So there's not too much scientific kind of like training reason to do any super hard workouts within a week and a half of your, your goal race. However, doing shorter workouts are going to keep you fresh and feeling good. You're not going to start to feel rusty. And it's going to maintain your confidence and get you, you know, keep you engaged and feel mentally as if you're you're ready to go. So the taper period is really about balancing uh, rest, which our body needs to let our full fitness emerge and, and have a, a peak performance on race day with the kind of the mental component of, you know, you as an athlete, you need to feel you know, 100%, 10%, both mentally and physically. And anyone who's ever trained for a race often knows, you know, you can have doubts during the taper, uncertainty about, you know, if you're actually going to feel as good as you thought you were going to, if you're ready. Sometimes people start to feel a bit sluggish because they maybe haven't been running as much as they were before. A lot of this is mental and it's important to remember that you, through experience, you, you start to learn this, but it's it can be tough. So I do like to give a few very short, very easy workouts during the taper. And the really, I, I usually just give one. So the Tuesday or Wednesday before a marathon, I I usually just give one of two workouts. The, the two workouts that I give, just choose one or the other, depending on the athlete. I either give a six mile. I, so one is I give a six mile run, two miles warm up, um, take a break put on, uh, sorry, let me repeat that two miles, warm up, take a break, do any stretching or, um, kind of dynamic warm up exercises that you like to do before a race, then go run two miles at your, your marathon goal pace. If you set one for yourself and then cool down with two easy miles, this is a super easy workout, but it's, a kind of a race week dress rehearsal of what it's going to feel like when you go do your marathon. I, I always say, put on your racing clothes, put on your racing shoes, bring whatever gear you're going to bring, load your pockets with like gels or whatever you're going to bring. This is just one last little test that all things feel good. Um, it's also a good just practice and pacing where it's only two miles of marathon pace. This should be super easy. So if you find yourself starting too fast and doing these two miles too fast, then it's like, okay, when I get to my marathon, I just need to like really chill out and make sure I start slow because um, I don't want to start too fast. So that's usually the workout that I give. Another variety of that is 
same thing, but um, you know, short warm up and then three times a one mile at marathon pace with a short little recovery and then a short cool down. Um, either of those are good just to maintain a sense of consistency and make sure all systems feel good. And then um, you mentioned kind of a, like a shakeout run the the day before. I do typically give one, and it's the same as I would give really before before any important race. I just say, you know, hey, go run ten to twenty minutes, um, you know, one to two miles, easy. Um, wear the stuff you're going to wear in your race: the clothes, the shoes, bring the gear. At the end of that short run, stop, go through any warm-up exercises that you like to do. Make sure everything in your body's feeling good. Kind of check over yourself, you know, um, visualize what it's going to feel like tomorrow when you're lining up for the race start and how are you going to feel and, and go through that now so that you're comfortable when it's time to do that tomorrow. And then, um, usually I just say cap it off with a few short strides. So, you know, um, maybe two 30 second runs kind of practicing the pace you want to start the marathon at. So just, you know, run, run down the street, 30 seconds, just like you're starting the race, give yourself a couple minutes rest, run back, just like you're starting the race at that pace. And then, uh, then you're good to go. Just get, stay off your feet until race day and, uh, relax because you've done all the hard work. I love this. Thanks, Chris. I like the, uh, comparison to a dress rehearsal because I feel like, like you said, we can't gain that much fitness anymore anyway, but the whole mental part is obviously the hardest because as you said, tapering can feel pretty bad. And so to put your mindset at peace is is a great idea. So thank you so much for, uh, you know, once again, coming on and speaking with me and then maybe let our listeners know again how to contact you, how to find you in case they are looking for a coach and want more information from you. So yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, real easy to reach out. Just go to my website. It's nightandruns.com or I'm on Instagram at nightandruns. And really best ways to to learn more. I have a book, Run Faster Marathons, The Proven Path to PR. You can learn more about my marathon training methods. I have training plans on my website for download. I offer one-on-one coaching with me. And then I have a podcast as well, which I, I think I'm up to about 70 episodes on. So if you want to hear more about me blabbering on, listen to those. Sorry. Perfect. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, Chris. This was super informative and I hope it helped all of our listeners as well. Like always, tell us if you like what you like, what you don't like. We'll try to improve. It's always good to get feedback from our listeners. We love it. So contact us. If you don't want to post and leave a review, you can message us. We're on Instagram at running podcast. So Letty, one of your running friends brought to your attention that you weren't on Amazon Music. Crazy, right? We've been podcasting for four years and I hadn't noticed that we never got onto Amazon. So... Starting today, you guys, we are also on Amazon Music, which is really big because Amazon is one of those things. Everybody has Amazon. Everybody <laughs> has Amazon Prime and everybody has Amazon Music. So I don't know how many listeners, poor listeners, missed out on our awesome podcast. <laughs> I don't know. But no, without joke, I can't believe this happened. I'm going to check all the other channels, but I think we're pretty much everywhere, but we weren't on Amazon Music. So with that... 
Have a great week of running. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, head to www.runningpodcast.us. And as always, have a great week of running.